0: Welcome back to the next episode of the Manor Podcast. This is Mitchie. So for today's episode, we're still in South Korea going over another case that was recommended to me. Uh, This is the Suwon murder case, also known as the Suwon Torso murder case. Um, For those who may not know, this was an incident that happened back in 2012, so over about, well, actually a decade in the making now goodness uh without further ado let's just get into this because this is a very heavy case so on the day of april 1st 2012 a 40 year old chinese korean migrant by the name of wu yon, uh, yon chun had been living in korea and he had been there since about 2007. it looks like he had probably came to korea to get work to provide for his family that was back in China. Um, he was known as this guy that was very quiet, reserved, liked to be by himself. He loved drinking. Um, he had work as a construction worker and made pretty decent money that he would send back to his family, including, you know, his wife and children. And up until that point, there didn't seem to be a whole lot that anybody knew about uh, Wu. He was a very reserved man, like I said. But on the day of April 1st, that all changed. So that evening, there was a young 28-year-old woman. She does not have a name. They, it looks like maybe the family wanted to keep her name private to keep it from being as known as what it already is. But she had the unfortunate circumstance of meeting Wu in the street. Uh, CCTV footage had shown that this young woman had just been walking down a sidewalk. Uh, Wu then came up to her and out of nowhere started attacking her, shoving her, grabbing her. Looks like he was forcing her into his home. And from what he said it was simply just a minor altercation they just bumped into one another but the footage would beg to differ um it looks like his intentions were completely to assault this young woman and he did kidnap her uh however people aren't really sure one way or another if he did but i would say that it's safe to assume knowing the gravity of this crime, it's probably not below him that he did. Um, The victim, while she was kidnapped and in his home, did try to call the police. And this is where a lot of the popularity of this case comes from because of how mishandled this case was by law authorities. She called the hotline and was begging for them to help her. Um, It was said that the call had gone out around 10.50 at night. She was begging them to help her screaming and crying on the phone. She had locked herself away in the bathroom while Wu was trying to get in there to attack her. And on the phone call that was released, it could be heard her screaming, crying, and begging for help. And she did her best to give a description of where she was. And from the record, she actually gave a very accurate description. She told them to search for a playground in the area of Jidong Elementary School. Um, she was trying to keep herself alive and barricaded away. However, even with the best of those efforts, he was still able to get to her. And even though she gave as accurate of information as she could and was on the phone for as long as she possibly could to help them track her, they still failed to hold up their end to protect her and didn't really pay much attention to the descriptions that she was giving them. And because of this, within 13 hours, her body would be discovered And according to Wu, he had murdered her around the time frame of 5 a.m., which would make approximately 6 to 7 hours since the incident had been reported because she had called the night before. Now, when the police were confronted about this, they initially said that this was only about a 50-second phone call. However, that is not the case. The phone call was shown to last anywhere from a minimum of six minutes to as much as 13, depending on the source that you look at. And despite her pleas, the officer makes a comment about it being something about a domestic dispute that there's not much that can be done. And it's just a complete disaster when you listen to the phone call that was released. I also want to note that later they found out that the police station that she did call for help was only about a seven minute walk away from the area in which she was murdered from the house that Wu had taken her to. And police at the time, they claimed that they sent up to 35 policemen out to patrol the surrounding neighborhood. and seemed to be quite a lie because all the neighbors and everyone that lived in that area said there were no police officers patrolling that night and records showed that there were 20 police officers on duty but none of them actually responded to try to locate the victim and the neighbors also would report that they did hear her screaming and crying for help but did not report it to the police because they considered this to be just another domestic dispute. And so it was kind of just left on the back burner for a lot of people in the area. And because of that, police, they were under extreme fire. Allegations came up that they were covering up this huge mistake. of course, they made the statements like the call was hung up only a minute, but the truth came out that she was on call as long as she could. The family, they were distraught. They were upset. The public was upset. A demand for truth came. And that's when the police decided to release this phone call. And this phone call that had been recorded shows that everything that they were initially saying was a lie. And had they actually acted in a timely manner, it probably could have prevented this woman from being killed and I'm going to put in a trigger warning here because this is very graphic the way that she was killed so if you want to go ahead and skip ahead a few seconds I definitely do not blame you um, I mean the manner in which she was found she was murdered her head had been beaten with a wrench she had been strangled And this was all before he decided that he was going to dismember her body into 365 pieces. And after that, he decided that he was going to go out and collect trash bags to put her body into. Uh, A shop owner in the area said that he recalled him around 5 a.m. coming and looking for black trash bags. However, the shop owner told him all he had was blue, and so with that, the guy left. Now the family naturally has every right to be upset over this. They were beyond upset at this and grieving, demanding compensation for the murder of their loved one and the gross negligence done by the police. Uh, Even the family member said when her body was discovered and the police were there looking, at one point there were two police officers that were asleep in a car. So they've naturally, they're going to be super offended, super angry. Uh, they demanded 361000001 in compensation. Um, roughly that probably be around 300,000 us dollars. They did the suit sometime in September after the murder of the victim. Um, And on top of that, there was even some speculation that Wu may have actually been a possible serial killer because the area he lived in, about 135 women were either disappearing or had been found murdered. Um, They could have chalked this up because of his behavior and the manner in which they found the house. Um, When they did do a search of his house, they found a variety of empty liquor bottles pornographic magazines and a female sanitary pad so it was safe to say that this guy um although he was quiet and out of the way as according to a lot of people who knew him or worked with him there was something screwed up in this man's head so i wouldn't say it's too far-fetched to believe that he could possibly be a serial killer but that was never proven or disproven Now he did go to trial and initially was sentenced to death and the main reason behind the death sentence was they believed that he had dismembered this woman so he could take her body parts and sell it on the black market in China. However that also was never confirmed and so he was able to appeal his death sentence and as a result he instead got life in prison. And it looks like, to this day, he is still serving that life sentence. And I'm not sure exactly which prison he is located in, but I think it would be safe to say that he is located in a prison within Seoul. But that is the case of the Suwon murder. I want to thank you all for tuning into this episode and listening. If there's anything that I did not get correct, or if there's anything that you would like to add on to this... Once again, please feel free to contact me and let me know. Um, You can contact me uh, at Facebook and Instagram, Manic Manor Podcast. You can also email at manicmanorpodcast at gmail.com. I'm very open to any sort of recommendations or if anybody would like to be a guest on the podcast. So once again, thank you guys so much and until the next episode, stay safe.